Today's reading is from the book of John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. I am praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and, as, and together as we are, I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you sent me and loved them in the same way you loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known, so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. This is the word of the Lord. When I was a little boy and my brother was just a little older than I was, we used to eavesdrop on my parents' conversations. And it wasn't all the time, but every once in a while I remember us coming down the stairs on our stomachs thinking we were really quiet. <laughs> and either one of us would tumble down the stairs, which would give us away, or we'd be giggling so much that that would give us away. But we would try and get down the stairs close enough to the first floor that we could overhear the conversation that my parents were having. Have any of you eavesdropped on your parents' conversations? Oh, good, I'm not alone. Yes. Because of them and their witness about it. The goal is 
for all of them to become one heart and one mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then they'll mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you've loved me. Do you hear the, the love in this conversation? Jesus is saying, I want those who come after us to know the love that you, O oh God, have given to me. And I want them to be a part of this relationship. God's hope for us is that we be one with God, one with each other, and one in ministry. That is the hope. Do you know we struggle with longing for this oneness because we've only really known this oneness before we were cognitively able to perceive it. It's interesting that this scripture is the lectionary text on Mother's Day. We knew this oneness when we were in our mother's wombs. We weren't able to describe it. We weren't able to talk about it, but we were one with another. We were one and taken fully care of. We were fully embraced. We were not in need of anything in our mother's womb. The, the psalmist reflects on that in Psalm 139. We were knit together in our mother's wombs. And ever since that umbilical cord was cut, we have been forever longing for that oneness. As little children, we begin that maturing process of developing an ego. Maybe in year two or three or four, we see it in in those ages when our kids say to us, I can do that myself. It's that longing to be independent, which we need to do. And we need to do it well in the first few years of our lives. Developing an ego is important. But then, when we get to a certain age, when we get to a certain maturity level, our soul starts longing for oneness again. Just as the prodigal son leaves for a distant land, which the prodigal son needs to do. When the prodigal son comes to his senses, he comes home. Our soul longs for oneness. Our ego longs for individuation. And when we get to a certain season of our lives, we know we're longing for something that the world cannot give. And when we catch glimpses of that oneness, which already is, we don't need to make that happen. It's really recognizing that we are already one. When we recognize that, then our next longing of the soul is to be one with each other, to work through our forgiveness issues with each other to keep trying to be the church 
with one another. And when we get that down, we can't help but want that flow of love to flow through us, not just to end with us, but to get out there into a world which is so desperately longing for love. My prayer with Jesus this week as we United Methodists begin our general conference out in Portland. About a thousand United Methodists all elected from the local church to the annual conference to the general conference. My prayer is that we listen to Jesus saying, my hope for you is that you be one in love. That doesn't mean you have to agree with each other. It means you have to love one another and recognize that you are already one with the Creator and called to be one with each other. That's going to be very difficult. Please pray for our general conference, the 10 days that the global United Methodist Church comes together, because we will not all be of one mind. And what you will probably read about in whatever secular media you read will only be our debate about homosexuality, because that's all that really the media wants to cover. There's a whole lot more that you can follow online, but we will be of two minds on homosexuality. My hope is that we can be honest with each other and recognize that we are not of one mind on that. And that following Jesus is bigger than that. And being one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry may help move us forward. Because all of God's creations are beloved in God's eyes. And the hope is that the church can reflect that love for all people full stop. Regardless of people's sexual orientation, race, creed, belief system. Albert Outler, one of the great United Methodist scholars, said our theologies divide us, but our mission unites us. The world doesn't have time for certain debates. The world is hurting and broken and looking for witnesses of people who can hold things in tension, not agree with each other, but commit to loving God and neighbor because that's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. My hope is not only for us in the general church to be able to do that, but if we can get that right as Christians, then maybe we can get that kind of spirituality in our body politic. And maybe that kind of oneness will be so pervasive, people will see Christians and say, they are so loving of one another, they are so forgiving of one another, they don't all agree, but somehow they've figured it out. I want to be like them. Unfortunately, that's not the first reputation that we Christians have in this country. One of the first reputations we have is, gosh, those Christians, they're judgmental people. I would love for people to know us by our reputation of loving and accepting one another and agreeing to disagree with love. I want to lift up a commercial, but I don't want to tell you who put it out because I don't want to endorse any airline in this case. Um, 
there was an airline that had a plane full of people, and they filmed this, and a guy got on, on the, the speaker system and said, welcome to whatever the airline is. If you, as passengers who don't really know each other, if you can decide on one location in the world, we will give you all a free ticket. <laughs> okay, so it was about this many people. Where would you begin? So the, the plane load of people started having conversations. Should it be domestic or foreign? Let's get that first. So they decided on a foreign trip because, hey, if it's a paid-for ticket, they want to go someplace more expensive. So they decided, okay, a foreign destination. Where do you go from there? Believe it or not, they came to consensus on Costa Rica. And so they all got a free flight to Costa Rica. What would that look like for the church? What would our incentive be to discover our oneness, to come together? The destination is not only eternal life in Jesus Christ, but it's also building the kingdom of God here on earth to make this world a more compassionate and just place where everyone is treated with dignity, everyone is loved and accepted. That's the goal of following Jesus, to be in this hope, this prayer that Jesus said in today's scripture that we be one in love with God, that we be one with each other and one in ministry. Some of you who know my musical tastes know that I'm a U2 fan. Have any of you heard of a u 2 Okay, so I went to a u 2 which is U2 music. They are Christian artists, but they don't wear their Christianity on their sleeve, although they begin every or they end every concert with a prayer. Very often they sing a psalm. Can you imagine 80,000 people singing a psalm together at a rock concert? It's really quite spectacular. Bono, their lead singer, is very articulate about his faith in Jesus and his desire to be a follower of Jesus. Um, a U2 Eucharist is where they take various pieces of music from U2, they bring it into a liturgical setting. I went to one in an Episcopal church in Essex Fells, New Jersey, and the, the songs were sung, the scriptures that tied in were read. We had Eucharist together. That's why they call it a Eucharist. And at the end, they gave out these wrist bracelets that simply say one on them. It's to support an organization, the one organization, which I am also a supporter of, they do great work in Africa and are trying to alleviate suffering and poverty, especially in Africa, and to bring health and wholeness to the people of Africa. But the more I wore this, the more it was, it was not just a reminder of a Eucharist experience 
in a church. It reminded me of the reality that God and I are one. And every once in a while, I'm aware of that. And in my prayer life, I try to focus my wandering mind on the oneness that God already is with me and with us, but so rarely do we focus on that. So rarely are we cognizant of that. And so I, I bought one of these for each of you, if you wish, either to put it somewhere that will remind you of your oneness with God already, or perhaps if you wish to wear it for a while, you can. And wherever you find yourself longing for that oneness, you might be wearing a reminder of, of a status that we don't need to achieve and a status that we can't work for, a status of relationship that we can only accept and give thanks. God is already one with us. But the hope is that we know that and recognize that and claim that and give thanks for that and live into that so that we can be in the flow of love. We need it. And the world needs it. Would you pray with me this prayer that I hope we are continuing to pray every day? Pour out your Spirit on us gathered here. Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Amen.